And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we begin a Tuesday, kids, Gary, what's happening? (laughs) Not much. Well, actually, a heck of a lot. (laughs) Show never stops. All of a sudden, I heard, uh, you know... uh, a deep voice guy in the intro to the uh, the show, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, we have to do this now live on the air. Yeah, I guess it's, it's time to do the thing. <laughs> you know, the thing. The thing. Let's do. Let's do the thing. <laughs> Coming up on the show, Biden and top secrets. Biden's MLK speech. San Francisco Reparations Committee recommends five million dollars for each black resident. Wyoming lawmakers propose a ban on EVs, the debt ceiling, Boston, the city that is, uh, not the band, shielded over 100 criminal illegal immigrants uh, for deportation last year. But we knew that. Mm. We've said the sanctuary cities value the the freedom of criminal illegal immigrants, criminal illegal uh, immigrants Mm. over the safety and security of of American citizens. Every sanctuary city, that's what they believe. Yep. Oh, and speaking of that, we have to Mm. talk about, I just, I didn't even put it down on the list here, Mm. Uh, Mayor Adams of New York City going to El Paso and then coming back and stating, you know, there's a huge problem here. And then the one I liked is he's going to the governor of New York saying, you need to ship because they have 40,000 now. By the way, the majority of those are from Biden. Right, yeah. The majority, the majority are not, right. and not from Texas, whatever. Right. The majority right. are still, you know, uh, uh, of uh, uh, of migrants mm-hmm. that are uh, in um, New York City. 40,000 now, mm. you know, came from the federal government, mm-hmm. from the figures that I have. Now, <laughs> there's 40,000. He's saying, all right, upstate New York and a lot of these other cities, they need to be taking some. So Governor Hochul needs to, in the budget, basically give us... Billions of dollars or whatever. I'm not sure who he's asking. He's asking for billions. That's probably coming from the federal government. Right. Uh, But he's asking for, uh, you know, whatever it would cost the state to start shipping the migrants across. 
He goes, they need to go to upstate New York. Now, I did see that the small town of Jamestown, New York, mm. uh, that uh, they're having, you know, because the, I don't know exactly how they're getting there. When I was back in New York, I saw this, mm. uh, that uh, Jamestown, New York is, uh, you know, saying we can't handle the influx of migrants that we have here. Now, that's a small town. Right, yeah. In the, in, in the southern tier. I mean, you're, mm. you're talking about an area that's probably not over thirty or 40,000 people. Mm. That's about the size of Del Rio, then. Yeah, Birth, yeah. birthplace of Lucille Ball, mm. uh, and and so um, uh, you know, it's just it's it's just a complete and total mess up there. And it, of course, we can see the hypocrisy across the board. We'll tell you about the ex Intel officer official, excuse me, who signed Hunter Biden's laptop letter and admits significant portions of the emails had to be real of what was in the laptop. Had to be real. So he was in the group that says, oh, this sounds like yes. Russian interference and misinformation. And now admitting, oh, yeah, no, there's there's no right. way that the parts of these emails have to be genuine. And one of the reasons is, is because of the way that the conservative media would pounce on it. Mm. He actually said, I'm paraphrasing, but that was the message that he put up. We'll get right. to that coming up mm. here in just a little bit. White House claims no visitor logs at Biden's home. The GOP says that won't stop uh, an oversight investigation. I was telling you that I was reading, let me just get it here. I think it was Andrew McCarthy who said, do you believe if there were an investigation of a threat against the president of the United States in which it was relevant to know who visited the president in Delaware on which days over the last 23 months that the Secret Service would not be able to tell the FBI that? I don't. First thing I thought was, how is it that the Secret Service doesn't have their own log? Of course they do. Of course they know. Of course they know. It's their job to keep the president safe, regardless of where the president is. It's his personal home, and so it's personal no, it's not. You get when you're a sitting president, nothing is personal. The White House is wherever you are. If, Remember that whole thing yeah. uh, when everybody was talking about Obama being on vacation too much or golfing too much or whatever. You know, well, he's the president regardless of where he is. He's always the president. He's always working. That applies to every president, right. and Secret Service detail would have every person who has come and gone and if they don't we have a much bigger and separate problem i won't say bigger but we have a significant and separate problem with the secret service yeah that's a that is that's a great point because uh unless you're a sitting member of congress who's mm -hmm. already been you know you've already been vetted whatever mm -hmm. you're right. unless you're a sitting member of congress or uh, part of the the uh, you know the the immediate family of the president or his staff, mm -hmm. you undergo a you know a background check. I have had to twice uh, when I was going to be at the inaugural ball for Bush, and I was doing my show actually live. I mean that was a what a riot that was. Mm. <laughs> God. 
<laughs> down in the pit under right the, right underneath the stage. Yeah. And I'm doing my local show, mm-hmm. and I'm arguing. Oh, I can't remember her name. She was more. She was more. We we did a co broadcast uh, with WBAP, our, right. where I was working at the time, our flagship right. station here in Dallas, yeah, and WMAL, and they had more of a. I can't remember her name at the moment. Liberal talk show host mm. on WMAL, mm. and Bush is up there, you know, dancing, you know, yeah. doing, <laughs> with the first lady, yeah. I'm screaming. We're screaming at each other now. She's in the studio, and I'm in the pit right beneath the stage. <laughs> I'm doing a show, and I'm... <laughs> I can't remember what it was about, but I just remember my voice was raised, and people are looking at me because it got quiet for a little bit, and there I'm like... Almost, uh-oh. <laughs> I better quiet down a little bit. And now but... a moment of silence. <laughs> yeah, you stupid liberals! <laughs> thank, th- thank goodness the... The music was uh, a, a little bit louder, and mm. but still the people around me were, were looking my way. But uh, at that time, I had to undergo, I think it's an FBI and a Treasury Department, you know, Secret Service and an FBI background check. Yeah. And right. then when I was, uh, when uh, this was, this was for Bob Dole and Jack Kemp back in 96. Mm. And it was right after the convention. And Jack Kemp, you know, being that he was, you know, Congressman from Western New York and and uh, famous quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, yeah, still the only one that's won a championship for them. Uh, mm-hmm. And and um, you know they were doing a at University of Buffalo. They were doing something, and I was going to uh, uh, be there. I had to undergo at that point. Never forget, I had to go. I believe I even had to go. I believe I had to go downtown even for that one. And uh, in Buffalo to the FBI office mm. and do a check there like a couple of three or four days before just to get in. Now, I'm at that point, somebody who was well known in the area, mm. they, everybody knew who I was, didn't matter. They wanted a record of who was where, you know, and we're not talking about the house. We're talking about, a, you know, massive public places. It didn't matter. You were in the vicinity of the president. You had to get a background check. Mm-hmm. They probably still have it that I was there. Yeah. And that background check probably, those two background checks probably exist today. So that's what Andrew McCarthy is saying. You're telling me that people that come and go at the White House, the Secret Service, or excuse me, the, anywhere that, that at his private residence, whether it's a White House or his private residence, that the Secret Service doesn't know who's coming and going, that's a load of horse manure. Dan Quayle was in town one time, and I had to go through the the, uh, the background check. And I thought to myself, all right, look, if you're, if this is your job, because those that are part of the uh, White House, like White House Press Corps, and they're always traveling, they still, from what I understand, have to go through regular updates on their background checks. I don't know how regular those are these days. And, you know, gosh, Dan Quayle back in the day, what that would have been. Hmm. That would have been when George H.W. Bush was running against Dukakis. So, Wow. Holy cow, 88. (laughs) So we didn't have anything electronic whatsoever. We didn't even have electricity. So there wasn't this, there wasn't this constant like database that, you know, could be accessed and, and I don't know what the process is like today. I'd have to ask a friend, but 
you know, the this idea that a current a sitting president's house is not closely monitored. Then you got a bigger it's, problem it's on your hands. Personal. Well, now if if that is the case and has been the protocol, that's the first thing I would have said. If if I'm chairing any committee, any Republican should have been shouting that at the top of their lungs the moment that they that they uh, issued that response. His personal home is personal. No, it's not. It's guarded by the Secret Service for a reason. And there is information as to who's been there and who hasn't. Might not. He's not keeping a log, but the Secret Service knows. And the if Secret they Service don't, has their own version of a log, and so right. they could. There is right. there is record of it. It is not. It's not the kind of uh, official log that you would see at the White House. Right. But it is the Secret Service would have that information. You know, when when I saw that and how quickly it came out. Sorry, there is no information on anybody who's visited the White House at all. It came out so quick. I went, whoa. There's going to be blowback to this big time. Right. Remember when the uh, Obama administration coming in, they promised we're going to be the most transparent administration ever. And then they said, look, you know, you'll know anybody that is meeting with uh, President Obama at the White House. You'll know about it. And, and so it's like, OK, so they moved all their meetings across the street. It's, it's. <laughs> You know, this is the kind of games that are played, and who knows, Biden is even more so when it comes to that kind of uh, uh, idiotic behavior. And I say idiotic because if that is the case, where the Secret Service cannot give us an idea, then we've got a separate, still massive problem, and that's another thing that another committee would have to take up. Because this president and any president must be protected at all times, and there must be a record of who comes and goes. Because when he's at his home in Delaware or his beach house in Delaware or Camp David or anywhere else in the world, he is the president. You know, I, I remember uh, in um, uh, when and Bob Dole was a candidate. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. they basically I had to be there at a certain time at the stadium. And it was Bob Dole and Jack Kemp. Mm. And then they locked everything down. Mm-hmm. I forgot how long it was before anybody, you know, actually came into the stadium. But in the infield where we were, nobody could come and nobody could go. Yeah. And it was like an hour, maybe even longer, where they went with whatever equipment they had. They could see them. They were walking through that entire stadium. Mm-hmm. They went everywhere. With I don't know metal detectors, uh, yeah, Geiger counters. I don't, mm-hmm. but they were going through everything. Mm-hmm. And it, when you see it, you're like, whoa, these people yeah. are serious, right? I mean, these people are really, really serious. And you see the Secret Service there, and as professional as uh, you know they are, you're like, whoa, man. And that's why it surprised me. I really did remember all the sexual exploits of the. Of the uh, the Secret Service and you know yeah. all that stuff that was mind boggling. That that really was mind boggling when you think about what their you know what their job is and how you know inexcusable that was at that you know when that happened. But when you see it, you're like, whoa, okay, this is serious stuff. And we're not even talking about a sitting president. We're talking about you know a couple of days after mm-hmm. you know the Republican nominee has been announced, right? And how serious yeah. the Secret Service took it. Yeah. And if you're telling me that they don't know. Who goes in and out 
of Biden's house that everybody's just allowed to walk in no matter who they are. Oh, it's Joe Spaduti. Yeah, let him in. Mm-hmm. Then either everybody should be fired in yeah. the Treasury Department that runs yeah. the Secret Service yep. or they're lying. Right. It's one or the other. Yep. 86690 Red Eye. Starting and charging system related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Your truck's inability to crank at the proper speed is the most obvious sign that a battery related issue is present. If you experience any sluggishness when cranking your engine, Get a full electrical system check from a trusted service provider. Continuing to crank a vehicle with low or inadequate voltage will damage the starter and can cost you uptime down the road. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. I guess that shows you my age. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Listen to this. Who made that decision? Ron Klain make that decision? Who made the decision not to disclose? Not to disclose. Did Ron Klain make the decision? Did the president make the decision? Who made the decision to not tell the American people six days before an election? And if Donald Trump had not told people six days before an election, what would the conversation be about right now? I guarantee you it would be about cover-up. Is he wrong? No. You know, there was so much that, that this weekend when we found out that there were even more uh, top secret documents and other uh, five pages that were found. And then you had the you know Secret Service and the White House come out and say, sorry, there are no logs whatsoever. And it's like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you think about this when you break it down and we'll do this coming up following the bottom of the hour. But when you actually, you know, when you break it down uh, and you say, wow, now we've had four different places where classified top secret material has been found. Yeah. Uh you have you have uh in the garage of the president's home, in the library of the president's home and some other place that we don't know what the exact room that was in. You had Hunter Biden who was staying there for a significant period of time. Mm-hmm. I was reading one op-ed piece this weekend that said if any of those top secret documents relate at all to anything that was Hunter Biden was involved in, it's over. Yeah, no, it is. Absolutely is. And, uh, and and it makes you, then it brings up the question, because if you're going to look at it from that perspective and just apply uh, that suspicion to it, right, just for the sake of consideration, then you have to look at the documents at the University of Pennsylvania and say, well, why yeah. there? I'll tell you why there, because it was an office that he was never intended to use, and nobody was. Nobody was ever intended to really use that office. I mean, they they put a name on the door. They put a name on the campus, thanks to Chinese donors, and they did something to have his name on it. But they didn't do anything with that office. So you, my question is, what was in the – I we need to know the content – well, our representatives who have the clearance <laughs> to know that content need to find out what that was. There are so many questions, and we'll hit those questions coming up following the bottom of the hour. But 
really what it seems the 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 press now that we now we know more it's like wait a minute after the attorneys his personal attorneys found the first ones why were they the ones that were searching for more of them right and once you found more of them why were they still doing it why wasn't the fbi involved in doing it Giving you 70% each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara <laughs> on Red Eye Radio. I don't know. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. By the way, the audio cut we played before was Chris Christie. I just assume everybody knows his voice. But I didn't, oh, I didn't yeah. say who he was, but that was Chris Christie on uh, uh, this week. All right, Ed O'Keefe from uh, CBS News, who uh, was uh, going after, we played audio cuts from him last week, going after Kareem Jean-Pierre. Here he is on uh, Face the nation on Sunday. But they clearly had a problem this week with this, especially because you have a president who made campaign and day one promises of transparency and they weren't kept here for whatever reason. Lots of questions still to come. You know, you've heard over the weekend, well, the the Trump case and the Biden case are not the same. You can't make comparisons. Okay, they're not the same. One involves Trump, one involves Biden. So right there, they're not the same. But when you look at it, just a a broad umbrella of both cases, the case of Trump is specifically things he took as they hurried out of the White House early in January of 2021. From the very beginning, the National Archives knew what the top secret documents were, as did the president Mm -hmm. and his attorneys. Everybody knew from the very, very beginning. Now, it's something that went on for well over a year, the discussions going back and forth as to what was classified and what was not, that negotiation. But everything was there. The White House followed what the National Archives told them to do, and lock them up. And that area was guarded by the Secret Service. As we all know, in one particular in, in one particular instance. Now, the only thing is, is what they believe that this is the Democrats uh, believe they have Trump on is the fact that of obstruction of justice for not wanting to give them back and. You know, and so that's where that's where that's going. But everybody knew, everybody knew. National Archives knew what was what what was there. The president knew what was there, and the negotiations went on. And from that point, and we've discussed that in the past. For Biden, nobody knew that these top secret documents were missing. Nobody knew. National Archives didn't know. The FBI didn't know. Biden apparently didn't know. Hmm. Nobody knew. Found at least, as we know now, I remember last Thursday when we were here, well, it's the, it's completed. There are nothing else out there. And all Saturday, oops, we found five more. Yeah. The, these were not in one location. 
that was secured by the Secret Service. Because University of Pennsylvania, Secret Service, I'm sure, wasn't there, you know, unless the president was going to go visit it at the University of, of, of uh, Pennsylvania. Secret Service at his house. Yeah, Secret Service was, uh, I'm, you know, you know, I'm sure uh, at his house, uh, you know, uh, guarding it. But were they secure in any way? No. The president even said when he came out and talked about the Corvette, that was just the most bizarre thing ever. What did I hear over the weekend? <laughs> Totally different meaning of vetting the documents. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one I like. That's the one I liked. Uh, how do they get to four different places? How is one? And this is you know, and, and Jonathan Turley talked about this the other day. You have some in the garage. How does one page get separated? He said that shows that it just wasn't inadvertent. Because how do you get? Five pages over here, one page over here, documents at the University of Pennsylvania and documents inside the garage. Not only were they in four different places, but obviously they were divided. And that's what you're looking at if you're an investigator. The other thing is when you look at it, and this is uh, this without question, the political damages is huge, is... The University of the, the Penn Biden Center, so much of it was financed by anonymous Chinese donors. And the tie in to Hunter Biden at the Penn Biden Center, it's like, why are Hunter's fingers everywhere? Any investigator is going to look into that. That's the political damage because we don't know what the possible criminal or legal repercussions could be in that particular case. But we do know what Hunter Biden was involved in at that time. And that was enriching the Biden family and enriching the Biden family, even with the Chinese. Yeah. At the exact same time that this was going on, other things were also being done, and that was brought out over the weekend when when looking at the, 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 the timeline. The other thing is with the top secret documents that were found, as we know, uh, Hunter Biden rented that place from Joe Biden. And so he was there, which means parties, other people that were at the, you know, at the location when he was there. By the way, at that point, this is very important to know. Probably no Secret Service at that place during that time of those documents being stored there. Secret Service since he's been president, but Secret Service probably not there when Hunter Biden was renting it. Yeah, that's a good point. Because of yeah. that, you know, and that, that, okay, let me put it this way. Nobody is talking about whether Secret Service protection or security was there at that particular time when the former vice president's son was there. Right. Because he was not in public office at the time. Right. And so, in all likelihood, there was no Secret Service protection there. And those classified documents were there. And Hunter Biden was living there. And so, that's why when you look at it, if any of those documents relate to anything 
of the influence peddling of the Biden administration. <clears throat> wow. Well, you and- can't, you can't, and, and that, and, and again, you're, because there is a, and that's why I played um, Ed O'Keefe there from CBS News, complete lack of transparency. Everything here, if you're an investigator, stinks. Everything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, uh, again, the question, we're, we're talking, relatively speaking, we're talking about a handful of documents. And at, at first, the administration was making a big deal about, oh, it's only a handful of documents. Actually, I think all the more reason to know why only a handful of documents were carved out. Why is that? They were separated at the House, and you had fewer than a dozen at the Biden Center. What is in those documents? Because that's that piques my curiosity. That alone piques my curiosity. We're not talking, again, about bundled in with a couple of boxes that would have been packaged together, and then you could try and... Make the case that, oh, well, they were, these boxes were all part of one piece of uh, cargo or whatever, and it was inadvertently sent to the Penn Center. No, those documents were mixed in with other documents, and there's only a handful of them. So when you see the dividing of the documents, as Turley pointed out, that's a huge problem. Right. When you see, for example, the the first time when they find when when you know when they when they find it and it was uh, i i read a couple articles that said look if they're they if they're moving the 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 documents from the pen center to somewhere else maybe his lawyers would be involved in that because they were trying to figure out what do we want to go where you can make that case that okay. that lawyers were involved but after that case after that first case where they found it and then they went and they said, we're going to, you know, we're going to search other areas of it. Why wasn't the FBI and the Department of Justice involved in it at that particular point and in the lead of searching for those? Because how do we know if only the president's lawyers have done it? Did the FBI go through the rest of the House or was it always the only the president's lawyers looking for the top secret material? That, to me, does not seem to be the protocol Especially if you have a uh, a <laughs> a a serial loser of <laughs> classified top secret documents, habitual misplacer, habitual misplacer, a serial misplacer of top secret documents. That doesn't seem to be what you would do at that particular point, does it? Well, and I, if you're looking, because the role of his personal attorneys is just to protect him is to cover for him well those documents the documents also need protecting the documents don't belong to him and as jonathan turley writes not only did president joe biden enlist lawyers to clear out his private washington office he then used them rather than security officers or the fbi to search for additional uh classified documents the initial use of lawyers is notable. While it uh, seems a fairly pricey moving crew, Biden could argue a trove of documents might require a judgment 
uh, on where they should be sent and whether they belong to Biden, the the, the belong to Biden, the Penn Biden Center or the government. But why was a legal team sent in six years after Biden took the documents on leaving as vice president? Were the lawyers specifically selected because they had clearances and acknowledgement there might be classified material unlawfully housed in the office? After the fourth batch of documents was discovered this week, the third found in Delaware, Richard Sauber referred to as the special counsel for the president, stressed that he had hey, he has a clearance. Sauber admits the lawyers who found the first batch at the residence didn't have clearances, but says he found the latter documents. It remains unclear which lawyers were involved in the discoveries, whether they had the clearances, and if so, at what level. In fact, it seems to suggest Biden continued to use uncleared lawyers after his team found highly classified documents on November 2nd in the Penn Building uh, closet in Washington. That itself could be viewed as gross mishandling of classified information. Uh, yeah. It's strange that Biden did not use security officers of the FBI to conduct further searches. The president has a host of people who regularly handle classified material. So why use the lawyers? The answer appears to be the same as in the case of Hillary Clinton's emails. Control. Using private counsel allows Biden to raise attorney-client privilege. Trump also used counsel, but eventually the FBI raided his home to search and remove not just classified material, but documents found in boxes with that material why didn't that happen in this case right so there you go Mm. so yeah are there differences yeah of course there's differences sure they're different situations that doesn't mean anything you judge this by the facts that exist now concerning biden you want to argue trump argue trump this is arguing biden right Look, we pointed out then, you know, the uh, what was going on with Trump and his lawyers and, and why we believed it was a bad move not to ask for a special master for over three weeks. We still can't answer the question as to why that wasn't done sooner, why it wasn't done right away. There are a number of things we could sit and pick apart. And if the case ever comes about, if the special prosecutor ever brings the case, then we can have that discussion. But right now, the focus is on these documents uh, from Biden. My question is, are we done? Are there more documents somewhere else? Because I thought going into the weekend, okay, they, they, we probably won't hear anything. Probably not. And then, boom, they drop the other shoe. Is it, is it the other shoe? 86690 Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at 866 Red Eye. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, Just want to read a couple more sentences here from uh, uh, from uh, Jonathan Turley. Concern over the use of lawyers has grown with time. Biden not only continued to have his lawyers search after the first discovery, but did so for months, remember, after these subsequent discoveries. After finding highly classified material in Biden's garage on December 20th, private counsel, not the FBI, found another document 
In an adjacent room on January 11th, uh, Salber found more classified documents, his other attorney, the next day. Those last two findings followed White House assurances that the thorough search was completed. It obviously wasn't thorough enough. They raise another question. It would seem unlikely that a document with a proper classification cover could be missed. The folder has thick red and yellow borders running around the edge and large black classifications like top secret emblazoned across the top. If that was missed, the earlier searches were clearly negligent. What he's saying is more uh, interesting is the fact is maybe the actual sheet was out and not the cover, which shows somebody was looking at it. Right. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Thank you so much for being here, for giving us the time of day. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and if you cannot listen live overnight, if you find yourself... Uh, in a position where you can't do that to one of our great radio stations, well, then you can listen uh, where and when you uh, wish to listen. Mm -hmm. Your weekend okay? Long weekend? Uh, It was a good weekend. Uh, The weather was great. It was warm. Uh, We really are not going to – they canceled winter. They have canceled winter here (laughs) in North Texas. We had a cold spell in December, but everything – it's over. Uh, I think we're going to get up to 82 degrees this week, I need I, there's, again. There's no wood in here. I'm trying to find yeah. some wood to knock on. Yeah, is good it, luck with that. Is this particle board wood or it, something? Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, simulated wood grain plastic. <laughs> and so I, uh, yeah, uh, my wife and I hung out, um, and we planned our real anniversary trip that we're going to be actually taking next month. And uh, and uh, we uh, hung out, did some things around the house. I replaced both of her windshield washer uh pumps on her vehicle and uh and what else did i do now that's a weekend yeah yeah (laughs) that wasn't i thought that was going to take more time i put some new air filters in my truck uh and upgraded the air filters and both the inside and out and i thought that was going to take more time you know when you plan you think well Mm -hmm. because i always do this it's like okay yeah but here's the thing eric you're going to drop that one screw you know, like, it, like, especially with her car, it was like, okay, yeah, but the one that those bolts mm-hmm. that go into the wheel well, from what I'm told, they're important and they have to go back. And so sure enough, while I was working on my truck, uh, two of the bolts fell through, but they fell straight to the ground. But I thought it was going to take longer. And I was like, what am I missing? You know? Uh, so I did that. Uh, we hung out. We, we watched a movie. All right. Delayed movie review by Red Eye Radio. Yes, we always do. All right. And I thought this movie had come out last year. I thought it was 22, but apparently it came out in 21. Spider-Man No Way Home. 
Now, if you haven't seen it yet and you're worried about spoilers, we're just, okay, spoiler alert. I'm not big on the superhero movies, and I understand. Look, I'm not the target demo. When my son was young, I was all about it. You know what I mean? Um, uh, when Titanic came out, my daughters were teenagers, and it was like, okay, you know, I understand why they want to go, so it was great taking them to see something that they enjoyed. Uh, Lord of the Rings, the same thing. All my kids enjoyed the the uh, the first trilogy. Uh, we kind of fell off after that. But all these things, it, it was about what my kids were getting enjoyment out of. And when you're a parent, you don't really start. You don't, by the time your kids move out, you don't even know what you like. <laughs> and so... I, it turns out I like a bunch of uh, off-roading stuff and fishing stuff on YouTube. But I, you know, I said to my wife, I said, it, it, Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, it made a gazillion dollars. Do we want to, do we want to try uh, maybe? So, so we started and we're like 15 minutes in and I'm like, mm, and I pause it and I'm like, I'm measuring my time. And at this point I can basically save that time and not have to worry about never getting it back, you know, after the end of a bad movie. You go, I'm never going to get that time back. And I'm looking, and we still have two over two hours to go. This thing's two and a half hours long. Okay. All right. Then there's all of these things, these elements that they put into it. What they're now calling the multiverse. And when I saw that word in the media, and you and I have to read these Stories that come up, and I don't get too involved because we don't talk a lot about those, you know. And and it was a massive blockbuster. Uh, one of the biggest movies of all time. Drudge takes care of that for us. Yeah, of course. Exactly. <laughs> and I just read, in fact, after I saw it, I just read where the new Avatar is closing in on Spider-Man No Way Home. And I thought, oh, wow, it did that well. Okay. All right. Uh, so it did a gazillion dollars, and, and that's fine. That's great. You know, for the people who enjoy that. And I will say as a kid, as a kid, Spider-Man was my superhero. And probably because he was a kid. You know, he's a high school student. And it was like, okay, great. So if I had one that I liked, there were probably two, Superman and Spider-Man. But Spider-Man, also because he's stealthy, he wore the complete mask, not the half mask like Batman. You got to wear the complete mask. We can still see it's you, Bruce Wayne, because you have a lisp. So. <laughs> and Burt Ward was the exact personality <laughs> in costume or out of costume. It was, and, like, and, and don't get me started on the Clark Kent thing. They're glasses. So just calm down. It would be, oh, Superman. Why are you wearing glasses? <laughs> I thought you had X-ray vision and whatnot. So I, I, we, I think the the Daily Planet was covering for him more than the New York Times and Washington Post cover for <laughs> Biden. <laughs> Game Superman, endless, bottomless Pinocchios. Uh, so you know, um, it was what you would expect, and then they brought in the other. Actors, there were two other actors, Toby McGuire, who's now in his 80s. 
and uh, the other uh, uh, Spider-Man, what's his name? The one that's not Tobey Maguire and isn't the current Spider-Man. And they're from multiverses. And uh, Doctor Strange made the multiverse open up. And now we got multiverses and we got other creatures and bad guys coming through the multiverse hole. And I, I was still trying to figure out what's the point. Because it started with Spider-Man trying to get into college. They were He and a, and a couple of friends were trying to get into MIT. And they were all rejected. But they were rejected because of all the their relationship with Spider-Man. And it had come out that, that he is Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. And so they couldn't get into MIT. So he wanted... Doctor Strange to go back and make everything unhappen so his friends could get into college. Which is exactly why you become a superhero. <laughs> so your friends can get into college. By the way, he never said, oh yeah, and make sure that their college debt is erased along the way. Well, I was going to say, if a superhero I don't can't... know why you wouldn't yeah. put that in. in yeah. it, why yeah. they didn't yeah. put that in? Make sure there, uh, yeah. a Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays Doctor Strange, you, you put in there that they're going to come out of this with no debt. Yeah, if you can't do no debt, you can, you're no superhero. Then I don't see why you would even do a spell or magic trick or whatever he's doing. So the other two Spider-Man actors came in, and why they wouldn't be the exact same actor from another universe, I don't know. They didn't explain that part. Probably because Tobey Maguire needed the work. I'm guessing. I'm just a guess. Now it was refreshing to see, um, you know that that uh, Thomas Hayden Church, uh, who played Sandman in one of the original first two, I think, with Tobey Maguire. It was either the first or second one. I think uh, got some work again it, with big Hollywood because I think they didn't. I think they kind of shunned him after he did. He did uh, God is real. I think he was in God is Real or or the second version of that. I think it was the he second a, version. It was the second version, Kevin, right? Kevin Sorbo he, was in yeah. number one. God yeah, okay. Then he, yeah, it was the second one. Yeah. And he played, I don't know, a travel agent or something. I remember, you know, seeing the movie. Uh, I don't remember his character, but I remember that he was in it. And I, I wondered if... It could have been the original, though. I'm not sure. I, yeah, I got, I got to I, go back and look. Yeah. Um, but he... I don't know if he is a Hollywood conservative. I don't know how he would identify today, but I thought, wow, he's, they put him in a blockbuster. That's got to be a big deal, right? And he's a friend of a friend. I didn't reach out to that friend and ask him, hey, you hear from Thomas Hayden Church? Is he still? I know that Thomas, back in the day, used to have to lie to, to people when he came to Texas to go deer hunting. I'm just going to visit my mom. Don't worry. I'm not going to kill any animals. While I'm there. Uh, but I don't know if he considers himself these days to be a conservative or what, but I just found it uh, just kind of in my mind. I thought, wow, he, you know, he's, you know, they brought back that character and a couple of other bad guy characters. And so at the end of it, I, I'm like, I, I don't, the, it really seemed like a, this 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 whole thing 
really started over Peter Parker wanting his friends to go to college. And and I remember seeing all the headlines about this movie. And I thought, you couldn't come up with something more substantial? Yeah, like uh, if if he would have said, look, forget about college. Mike Rowe is here. He can yeah. get you a scholarship to do a trade. Right. I mean, that would be I want to be an electrician. And <laughs> I can get to places other people can't. And so, you know, all of these, and and I thought to myself, was there not like an end of the world scenario, which did come into play later, but I mean, wouldn't you start with that? Well, the end of the world had to be the accumulation of debt that destroyed the economic system and that Spider-Man could do nothing about because And they didn't even go there. (laughs) You got a rejection letter from MIT? That's the, we're going to change the whole universe because you got a rejection letter from MIT? Well, I had a good weekend. Yeah? Yeah, it was actually, it was, uh, I went back, my dad kept up his tree, and so did my sister. So I get in there, and all the Christmas tree. tree to be Christmas to tree, be yes, yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. No, not holiday tree. Right. Yeah. He, and, and, and not and not the, the red oak out front. It, no, was it, not the red oak. Yeah. No. Uh, and, but all the, all the trees were brown. No, they were. And the sky was gray. No, they were frosted. They were frosted. They had some rain the day before, and then it froze overnight. But the ah. streets weren't frozen. Mm. But every single tree, every branch, you know, and there's no leaves, was white. Oh wow! It was the most awesome thing. Yeah. And when I got, I got no sleep over the weekend. I mean, it mm. was just a uh, just. I did at times, but then I would go 24 hours without any sleep, and then mm. one hour sleep in the next 24 hours. Then I was on a plane and back here, but uh, it was great because people still had their Christmas lights up. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if there's a ton of people in western New York because of the storm they had where they said, a bunch of other families said, come on in later on in January and we'll keep all of our lights up. Because it was like Christmas Eve. I mean, one out of probably every five houses on a couple of streets that I went down all had their Christmas lights on. Wow. And I was like, and it was, you know, snow covered and the trees were beautiful. And I went, wow, I'm in, and I don't have, I don't have Christmas music playing. I've got regular rock playing. I'm like, wow, this is really the Christmas spirit is still here. And so it was really, really uh, uh, great. It felt like Christmas Hmm. and so snow and everything else. So it was, it was really cool. And then uh, uh, got back, but got no sleep, you know, when I, in in, uh, being at my sister's house and I was on an early morning flight Sunday and then all my, you know, my Buffalo friends wanted me to go to Buffalo Brothers to see mm. the Bills game. Right, on I'm like, Sunday. Yeah. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm just mm. too exhausted. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. And I said, Uber back and forth. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I Ubered back. And An I, easy thing to do. Easy thing. Ubered back, you know, and uh, had a um, uh, great Uber driver on the way back. This mm. is actually what I wanted to get to. Uh, a driver from Kenya. 33 mm. years old, legal mm. immigrant here to the United States, yeah. permanent legal residence. He had family here right? and loves the United States, just yeah. loves the United States. Absolutely. All he wants is, you know, again, working multiple jobs, yeah. uh, you know, right. in yeah. uh, doing stuff in, in medical school for the, mm. you know, uh, medical profession. Oh. Uh, and just, and he just, opportunity here, opportunity, 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 right. opportunity, right. loves the opportunity that he has here. So that was just, that was great. So yeah. I 
Other than that, I and then uh, Sunday night, I think I went to sleep by five o'clock and slept till five in the morning. <laughs> On Monday morning, it's like okay, and then I slept well last night. I'm like okay, ready for the week. But yeah. I'm not gonna. I don't yeah. think I'm gonna do that. I don't think I'm gonna do that much more often again. Where I have to take the flight right after I get off the show. Because it just, there's too much of it. They've really cut back on flights because I had to wait three hours in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. And you mm-hmm. look, and that was the best one. Right. Yeah. You know, the most of it's like, just know, such a huge chunk out of the day. And, and I'm just like, nah, I'm going to take the late, I'll take the late flight in on Friday night, the direct flight. I just can't. Yeah. I'll take, if it doesn't go, it doesn't go. If it's the last flight of the day and it's winter, but I just can't do that. I'm getting to the point of my age. It's like, I, I don't want to be up 24 hours. Yeah. I got right. home Friday to my dad's house for, Friday night, I looked at him. He goes, you, you look tired. I go, it's been almost 25 hours since I've had any sleep, so mm-hmm. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Gave my dad right. a hug, and I felt guilty. It's like, but I you, I can't operate after 24 hours of no sleep. Right. I just yeah. can't do it. I'm, yeah. just, I'm a zombie. So, But other than that, it was great. It was yeah, great. good. It was a good, good. weekend. Good. <sighs> so I'm not going to go see the spider. Well, I, from 2021. I, I renamed it. <laughs> Spider-Man, no way I'm ever going to watch that movie again. <laughs> 86690 Red Eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. Before you even head out onto slippery roads or snowy conditions, you need to make sure your vehicle is ready to go. Some equipment is especially important when driving in winter. Ensure that the heater and defroster are working properly and that all exhaust system connections are secure. A loose connection could cause carbon monoxide to leak into the vehicle. Check to see that the cooling system is full and there's enough antifreeze. It's recommended that you use an antifreeze that is rated for negative 25 degrees Fahrenheit. Confirm that all lights are working properly and that they're clear of snow, ice, and dirt. Check to make sure the wiper blades are in good condition and that you have enough washer fluid in the reservoir. It's also important to use washer fluid that is rated for cold temperatures. Finally, Check that battery cables are firmly connected and are not corroded. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. If you like listening to Red Eye On Demand, we have more of Eric Harley and guests for you. Download RER's Extra Mile podcast. More topics and issues discussed. The team at Mercer Transportation would like to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all professional truck drivers. It's hard to overstate just how much our country and each of our families... It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. You know, at the top of the hour, right as we were going into the top of the hour, we were talking about Jonathan Turley analyzing the whole uh, uh, Joe Biden uh, and the top secret uh, documents here. And and I and I want to read this again because I think that this is that this is so critical. Uh, and when you look at the fact that um, uh, as he writes here, he goes, uh, the uh, those last two findings followed White House assurances that a thorough search was completed. It obviously wasn't thorough enough. They raised another question. It would seem unlikely a document with the proper 
classification cover could be missed. The folder has thick red or yellow borders running around the edges and large black classifications like top secret emblazoned across the top. If that was missed, the earlier searches were clearly negligent. Alternatively, and more concerning, the internal documents might have been removed from the folders and stored without the cover. That would indicate someone removed and reviewed them, an act showing knowledge of the classified status. If they were removed at Biden's resident residence, excuse me, he would be the chief suspect in such use. Hmm. And that's a great point. Yeah. If it's in the folder, they're easy to find if they're laying around the house. You see it. If it's the paper outside the folder, it's tougher to locate. Right. branch of government, Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Continue. All right, so during the break, I was doing another <laughs> delayed movie. Re- I don't know how delayed this one is, except uh, if you already know the story, if you know, if you're a history buff or whatever, then, you know, I mean, it's not delayed because it's based on a true story. The catcher was a spy. The Mo Berg story. Oh, yeah. Great story. Yeah. So this would be, you know, um, Mo Berg. He was a catcher, baseball player. And then as he aged out of the profession, he went to work as a spy. And one of his assignments his most notable assignment was to kill Werner Heisenberg because the Germans were on the brink of a nuclear weapon. Now, there were, it, it's, the, the movie goes along, but if you know already know the story, you kind of know where it's going. And I guess it's, it's interesting to watch the details of it, all right? Um, I have to go back and and uh, compare it to what historians say actually happened. But one of the things that they brought out was the fact that Moberg never got married. He had a girlfriend, but he wasn't married. So back in the day, late 30s, early 40s, uh, 1930s, 1940s, uh, everybody would question that. Hey, why aren't you married? And it came up in the movie a number of times. Basically implying that he was gay. And I thought to myself, well, I don't know if I heard that before or not about Mo Burke. I I never did. I don't, you know, I thought. If they brought it up in question, hey, people suspected that he might be, then I would have dismissed that. Maybe I heard that part. I don't know. 
I can't remember. So I looked it up. There was a New York Times story based on the movie, which was based on the book, the biography. The author of the biography said, I found no evidence, none, that he ever had a gay relationship, although they depict that in the movie. So this wasn't a documentary. This was a movie. No, it was a movie. Okay. Paul Rudd as Mo Burt. Okay. And so uh, Jeff Daniels was in it, um, played uh, Mo Berg's boss at the State Department. So they he had a, uh, I don't know, in the movie he had a one-night stand with a guy. And I thought, hmm, okay. I really don't think I remember hearing that. And so I looked it up, and there was a New York Times story, again, based on in the movie when it came out. And that question came up in the story, in the New York Times story. And the man who wrote the biography, which came out in 94, if I recall correctly, said, I never found any evidence that he was gay. But the people who put the movie together insisted on going down that road. And there was some kind of quote from one of the producers uh, that, that was something to the effect of, well, where there's smoke, there's not always fire. But when you're depicting it in a movie, if there's smoke, there's always fire. Oh, my God. And I thought to myself, okay, hold that's, on a second. Wait a minute, that's journalism today, especially no, that's, if you're going no, after the right. No, that's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> And I thought, well, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Because let's say that Mo Berg back then had told family members and it was learned by family members, people who you were you could trust to say that he told them or came out at some point, came out of the closet in the late 1930s, early 1940s, that he uh, 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 professed to them that he was gay and that those family members shared that with a biographer or something like that. But then Hollywood decided not to portray him and cover it up. What would the left say about that? What would those same movie producers say about that? Because the point is, is that the movie had really nothing to do about that, and I, uh, nothing to do with, with that part of it. It was the fact that it's kind of intriguing uh, that a former baseball player would become a spy, but the guy spoke several languages. Right, but when he, you know, when, when he was actually actively a baseball player, mm -hmm. he was observing what was going on and they believe was working for the government even while he was playing baseball. That's, that's on, what they on suspect. His, on his trips to Japan. To J yes. Japan right. because he recorded right. some things. Um, my question is because in the movie they depicted it as uh, his interview with the State Department. They say, well, you filmed some things while in Japan. Why would you do that? Their naval yard, you got on a rooftop and you did that. And I thought, yeah, I don't buy that he would be carrying that type of camera as an individual, and he would just do that on his own. And that's why they suspect that he may have been working on the government's behalf in, you know, uh, while he was still 
a player before he officially went to work with the State Department. Whichever the case, uh, you know, you can have those discussions. But I thought to myself, well, but why why is it they feel it's okay to take the liberty to go that far if there's no evidence, again, from the biographer who wrote the book, of him ever being gay, would that not be as equally bad if you're on the left, uh, somebody with an agenda, as covering up the fact that he was openly gay? At the end of it, it was a very interesting movie. And it's a very interesting story. And you can see how it plays out. You know, there are plenty of spoiler alerts about how it all played out. Uh, but it was it was intriguing. It was an interesting movie. And but I thought to myself, you know, why take those liberties, especially on something like that? Unless you know and unless you have good reason to do that. Well, because uh, let's be honest, his sexuality has nothing to do with why the story is interesting. Exactly. That's 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 my whole point. It had nothing to do with it. Right. If he were openly gay. It still wouldn't have anything to do, do with, with it. it. Yeah, exactly. It didn't. There is there is nothing that shows that it necessarily gave him any access to the enemy uh, or anything like that. That it that that uh, his identity in that regard was uh, unique in that it gave him any kind of. Uh, a a benefit that allowed him to do greater work as a spy. And I just thought to myself, you know, if that were again, if it were the reverse, if they knew if he were openly gay and they completely covered it up and and producers said, no, we're not going to focus on that part. In fact, we're not going to bring it up at all. Then the, the left, especially the left Hollywood would have been outraged. And it's just, you know, it reminds me, I always think of Max Bear. Oh. Cinderella Man. Yeah. In the family of Max Bear. I was thinking the exact same thing, yes. Yeah, it it always, because I think it is, it it, it can be especially damaging if it is the case, because uh, Max Bear was was a a formidable opponent (laughs) <laughs> for anybody who got in the ring. All right. And in Cinderella Man, they they went out and they depicted him, according to his family, as a person that he was not. And I can't imagine if there were a movie that involved my father or a grandparent or a family member and Hollywood took liberties to create you know, this persona, this personality or traits about him that were not true and 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 beyond not being true were especially damaging to his reputation. I just don't that that boggles my mind. Why you would do that. Again, Max Bear was a monster in the ring. But according to his family. Uh, the producers uh, took, and that was Ron Howard. 
Yeah, in the film, Bear is depicted as having killed two men in the ring and telling the wife of the movie's main character, Jim Braddock, that he would kill her husband and then sleep with her. While it's true that one of his opponents, Frankie Campbell, did die in the ring, film director Ron Howard did little to give the audience a truthful representation of the real Max Bear. In 2006, uh, Bear's son, Max Bear Jr., Jethro, the actor on on, uh, Beverly Hillbillies, Mm -hmm. spoke with the Washington Post and described his father as something quite different than the remorseless killer audience saw on the big screen. Speaking about the death of Campbell, Bear Jr. said that after the incident, his father started smoking cigarettes and had nightmares for years. According to his son, Bear raised considerable money for the Campbell family and never fully recovered from what happened in that night with Frankie Campbell. Uh, Jeremy Shep, author of the book Cinderella Man, told Jonathan Turley of the Washington Post, mm. interesting Turley's name wow. comes up, that after the Campbell fight, uh, uh, Max Bear went into a tailspin and lost a couple of fights because he refused to finish off opponents, mm. fearing the same thing might happen. Yeah, right. He characterized the incident with Braddock's wife, uh, seen in the movie, as totally made up. Yeah. Because they you know, really made they right. really made him out to be a complete they did. jerk. They did, and he wasn't. And as if he right. didn't care about, you know, uh, somebody dying as a result of a fight. And I can't imagine what that feels like. You know, to have your your father or your loved one's name smeared that way as their uh, as their the family of Max Bear uh, has said and and has stated. And so when I look at that, and and that's the first thing when I'm, you know, I'm doing a little bit of research about Mo Berg, and I don't care one way or the other. But my question is, was it accurate? Or did you just jump off of something because there was speculation at the time? Isn't that sexuality appropriation? Well, wouldn't it Depic- be? Depicting somebody as being gay when there's no evidence that they were. Wouldn't it be? Right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be? Yes. That is absolutely. And, and why would you want to do that? If you want to bring it up and say there was speculation and it was well-known speculation, that's one thing. I don't. I still don't see how it applies to, you know, again, his role with the State Department or as a as a ball player. You know, if it were critical in that regard, one way or the other, then, okay, it's part of the story. You have to tell it. But I just took exception with the way that the story was told. And I wonder about the people who were involved, including the actors who read the script ahead of time. And how many of them had questions about that? Because I would want to protect the the reputation based on his heirs and family Mm -hmm. members. And and I want to know how they feel about all of that before I depict a man as being something that he's not quite possibly. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up following the top of the hour, more on Biden and top secrets. Uh, his, I not really, don't have to spend a lot of time on his, on his MLK speech, which was basically bringing up all of 
his most uh, in, intense rhetoric against Republicans. And I thought to myself, watching part of it yesterday, I went, oh, okay. He's trying to distract from the top secrets. Yeah. But it didn't work because when he apparently when he came back, uh, when he got off the helicopter uh, yesterday, all the questions that were being thrown at him, you could hear yeah. everything is on right. a top secret. Yeah. It's like you can't change the topic on that one. So right. we'll get to that. We'll tell you about uh, the, uh, oh, the debt ceiling and uh, what might be uh, coming there and a whole bunch more. Plus mm. uh, your calls and comments, 866-90-RED-EYE. If you want to get in, it's going to be a really interesting day. I can't wait. I just can't wait. No, it, it to really see Corrine Jean Pierre. Yeah. Well, and and honestly, I'm really curious to see if more documents will come out. If if we get beyond this now, and there's another set of documents, it's like, okay, wait a minute. Remember, before the set that was found over the weekend, we had been told. They had searched all of these areas, and there were no other documents to be found. And then there were. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 86690-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you so much for uh, being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and if uh, you find that you cannot listen live overnight to one of our great radio stations, you can listen when and where you want. You know, when we talk about uh, Biden and the top secret uh, documents, Mm. this was really interesting because I went, oh. Uh, Representative James Comer, House Oversight Committee Chairman, asked the White House on Sunday why President Joe Biden's personal attorneys were continuing to search his home for classified documents after a special counsel was appointed. Great question. On Thursday around 1.30 p.m., Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed a special prosecutor hours before five more classified documents were found Thursday evening at Biden's Delaware residence by the president's legal team. The committee is also concerned White House aides and President Biden's Personal attorneys searched the Wilmington residence, knowing that the Department of Justice was already investigating the matter. Now, this goes back to January 5th, when mm. the U.S. Attorney for Chicago, John Lausch, notified the Attorney General that he believed that a special counsel was warranted. Uh, the notification, so I mean, so the Justice Department was looking into it already. Yeah, on January 5th, and they're asking the question. Well, even before the special counsel was appointed, the Department of Justice was investigating why were the personal attorneys doing the searches? On January 5th, 2023, John Lausch notified the attorney general that a special counsel was warranted. That's why they appointed him to see if a special counsel should be appointed. So the Justice Department was investigating it. 
as of January 5th. That notification still did not dissuade the president's attorneys from accessing his residence on January 11th or White House counsel from uh, accessing his residence on January 12th, 2022. On January 12th, 2022, Attorney General announced the appointment of special counsel Robert Herr. Nonetheless, President Biden has returned to Delaware this weekend without any reported law enforcement ever conducting an independent search for classified materials. Mm. The White House has yet to respond to Comer's questions. How many questions did they have on Thursday? A thousand? They've got 50,000 today. (laughs) Yeah. I'm talking about the reporters. Right, right. Well, and again, it was reported in after the batch that was at the house, the, I guess, second and third batch, you could say, that was at the house, that they had basically, it was implied that the search was complete. The searches of all the properties where documents might be was complete. That's what we were, we were, we were telling you, we we were telling you, that's what Corrine Jean-Pierre said on uh, Thursday after, or Thursday afternoon. Yeah, that's what she read to us on on Thursday. By the time we were telling you that, they had already discovered, because that was after uh, uh, Midnight Central, Mm -hmm. they had discovered the five, the five more documents. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) What a mess. What a mess this is. This is well, and uh, it, it it's botched so badly. The handling of all this from start to I won't say end because I don't know if it's the end has been just absolutely botched. So that would have been Thursday evening. They discovered the new ones. But it wasn't announced until Saturday that five more documents were found on Thursday. Then it was, was it Saturday or was it Sunday? I've, I've lost, when the, uh, when uh, the Secret Service and the White House said, there are no records of anyone. We don't keep records. And as I said, uh, Andrew McCarthy, former federal prosecutor, said, that's a line of horse manure, basically. Yeah. Is, yeah. You know, what you're telling me that if, if they, that if you're telling me that if, they found that there was a plot that was hatched uh, by by someone that related to the uh, Wilmington House that the Secret Service could not provide to investigators who had been in and out of that house. Yeah, plot to, to harm the president. Right, or, plot or, to harm the president mm-hmm. in some way. Right. And he said, sorry, that doesn't cut it. It exists. Secret, and I, I, I went through, you know, and you, know, you went through that, you know, when we were even close to presidents that we had to undergo, uh, or presidents or candidates for for president, mm-hmm. we had to go ex- through extensive searches that anybody can just walk into the house without anybody knowing who walks into the house with the Secret Service not knowing. Sorry, doesn't cut it. Well, and because. If that's the case, then there's a much different problem here. Because you're telling me the Secret Service 
isn't keeping track of who's coming and going at the house of a sitting president. Please tell me that that is not the case, that they are keeping track of it. The funny thing is, is that Comer has stated that the White House, National Archives, and Justice Department have all failed to inform Congress about the violation upon Comer's repeated requests. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's going to be a zoo this week. Oh, you know? my God. And as I said, you know, the, the whole you know, Biden-Emil case speech. And you can go, you know, it, it was basically a litany, or, litany of just checking off all the stuff he had said before me. He did the same old, yeah. you know, the whole gun control thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, AR-15s, you need F-15s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the same old it's it's the same old same old and we we we've been saying this i've been saying this for over 20 years now democrats don't believe in the spirit of martin luther king no they don't they don't no the only way you stop racism in this country is by judging each and every individual by the content of their character that's it and you that's can't it. say that today if you're a democrat you can't say that because identity politics you live by you judge people by groups and you know you do. Yep. That's and that's the policy of the Democratic Party is identity politics. Right. Until we get to the point where you simply judge a person by the content of their character and uh, <clears throat> the substance of their argument uh, for talk radio that is, then then get away from me. You don't believe in the spirit of Martin Luther King. You're not an anti-racist. You're a racist if you judge people by groups. That's what you are. Mhm. And so it's like, you know, just the Democrats, every year the Democrats come out and pretend, oh, you saw the new one now. Hmm. Now they're not judging, they're, you know, now what they're saying is Martin Luther King was for redistribution of income. He's a socialist. Nobody talks about the fact that he's a socialist. Hmm. They're trying to deflect from the content of character argument there. Right. Right. Yeah. Because they want to get away from that as they, and as a party, oh, have gotten as far away as you possibly can. Right. But I just saw it yesterday. I mean, he's just throwing out the the you know the litany, the like the list, the check mark, check mark, check mark. And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get. Look, he said it once, and everybody just went, whatever. What? Second Amendment is about trying to protect yourself from an abusive government. Well, you don't need AR-15s. You need F-15s. Oh, okay. Are you saying that the Second Amendment doesn't go far enough then? Hmm. Uh, is Biden uh, asking for a different interpretation? Oh. That if that is the that is the case, and he believes that's the case of the of the uh, the the Second Amendment, if that's the spirit behind the Second Amendment, is he advocating? We asked this before. Is he advocating that individuals should be able to own F fifteens? Hmm. How much would one cost if one was looking into that? <laughs> uh but I, I just i just love that i just when he does this it's just like oh no it, it's but it is again it it there had to be a distraction from what was going on and then what w- the immediate concern is but now it's tuesday and it's right back to it uh what was the other one that uh he hit him on the debt ceiling what did he Oh, I just what did he uh just trying to get the 
what he said specifically about. Okay. Oh, he hit cops. Uh, you know, he. Uh, oh, re- yeah, yeah. We yeah. should retrain cops. Why should you always shoot with deadly force? Right. Well, that's gaslighting. They don't always, you know, for every encounter, you don't shoot with deadly force. Right. But when deadly force is needed, you shoot with deadly force. Right. Because he's that implying was, right. that. That they shouldn't have deadly force. Yes. Did he do any? Uh, did he do any shotguns into the into the uh, atmosphere? Not that I'm aware of. And it goes back to the statement he made years ago: If you're a homeowner and somebody comes into your home, you should go outside and just shoot your shotgun into the air. Oh, yeah, scare the, the bad guys. The other part of the speech where he called uh, Republicans financially demented. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, fiscally demented. Fiscally, fiscally demented. demented. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, and again, talked about where he's already received three Pinocchios to say how much much he's cut the budget, and even the Washington Post gave him three Pinocchios on it. Right. And didn't give him bottomless one on that one, but said, right. "Well, yeah. Well, the reason I gave him three is it's like, well, yeah, it's gone down, but you're judging it from the peak." of the COVID spending and not the spending, which was the year before COVID. Right. If you take the year before COVID, you absolutely cannot make that point. It's false. Well, everything with the economy is judged against 2019. Ex- right, exactly. And right, so right. if you're going to judge this, then you should also judge it with the spending of 2019. But, but I'm just, I was watching part of it. I'm sorry, I was laughing, saying, <laughs> wow, He's hoping that the media will jump on one of these things, and he's using all the rhetoric that he's used. He was repeating stuff that he's – it's not like he had anything new. He was repeating all the old stuff that he's done before that got a rise out of Republicans Yeah, you know, at that point. And then he gets off the helicopter later on in the day, and every single question, all they're asking him is about the top-secret documents. It's like, you can't deflect from this one. No. So then the question – it came up on our show last week, and it's – uh, you know, it's are Democrats trying to sabotage him? Do they realize? Mm-hmm. Right. And I was reading an article the yesterday saying that was stating, well, they better not be because he's still their best hope that the Democrats are so bad that Biden is their best hope. Right. <laughs> that anybody else will be a miserable failure. And it wasn't complimenting Biden. It was just stating the reality that the Democrats are horrible. Right. They're so bad that Biden is still their best option for president. <laughs> That's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. He's the best you got. This is, but, you know, um, uh, again, we're moving through January here, and every day it just gets worse and worse. And it really is about the documents and the fact that. You can't defend anything that's going on here. And the point that you made earlier about the idea, if these documents are related to the Hunter Biden thing at all, then this is horrifically bad. The big problem is top secret documents inside the folder are easy to recognize. Right. If they're not inside the folder because they knew it. Let's, let's put it this way. They knew they knew this uh, on before the election. Well, how many times has Biden been back to his house and the Secret Service been around the house? Nobody noticed. They clearly, if it's in the folder, as Jonathan Turley has said, 
easily recognizable. Right. Not easily recognizable if the papers have been taken out of the folder and are just sitting there under a bunch of different papers. You don't see the folder. You don't see the markings. We, the piece of paper is there, right. which means you have – there is intent in order to read that document and take it out of the folder. And if any of those have anything to do with anything Hunter Biden has been involved with, even if not out of the folder, but still out of the folder shows intent. We brought this up when we only knew it was right after the uh, the, the the Biden Center at University of Pennsylvania. We brought that up about, okay, well, how are they found? Because if they're found inside of a folder, that's one thing. Because the concern then was, who saw what? His personal attorneys don't have that kind of clearance. So were they or were aides exposed to certain things that they shouldn't have seen? And how were these being stored? Were they inside of a folder? But what do his personal attorneys have? Hmm. Attorney-client privilege. Yes. Now, is that limited if prosecution says they're part of the conspiracy of obstruction? No, they're not protected at that point. Well, no, if they're if they're accused of being part of a uh, a crime. Right. Then, yeah, that there there is no. For example, that, that would apply. Here. Hypothetical. You purely hypothetical for discussion purposes only. Not again an allegation. Hmm. But if it wasn't in the folder and they took it and put it in the folder. That's obstruction of justice. Yes, it is. At that point. Yep. So that's that's the problem. Why weren't these things seen for months? And why was one page and then five pages? Were they not in the folder? Because that is and you know, Turley talked about it. Nobody else is really talking about that. Right. But at that point, whoa, man. Eight, six, six, 90 red eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight, six, six, 90 red eye on red eye radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED. I want to throw in other stories here that we also have uh, this headline. San Francisco Reparations Committee recommends paying $5 million in reparations to uh, black residents, supplementing income for 250 years. That's the latest. What was uh, what was uh, Newsom up to? 250000 yeah. Then it went up to right. five hundred thousand. Right. Now five million. We believe we believe for the state of California make it ten, fifteen, twenty million. Why not a hundred million? Five million is not a lot. We believe the state of California look, we believe states should be able to do whatever they wish to do. We believe in the in 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 the the uh, the original constitution mm-hmm. where the power actually lies in the states and not the federal government. So uh, if California wishes to, or San Francisco wishes to do it, we hope that they can convince the legislature, not 5 million, not 10 million, maybe 20 million. Eric said 100 million. All right, we'll, we'll go with 50 million. 
and that will make your state a much better state. <laughs> well, my question would be, are you going to revisit this every 10 to 20 years? Are you saying that by doing this from here on, the state or the city of San Francisco will not be doing harm to any harm at all to minorities? I, where do, if you want to talk about reparations, then you also have to talk about the path forward. And what does that path look like? And what are you promising to individuals? And by the way, the idea would be long-term residents would get the five million. Well, what defines a long-term resident? Because they're saying that so that, well, okay, if we announce this and it goes into effect, we don't want a bunch of people coming here just to get that money. So where do you define how long they have to live in California or San Francisco? Want to listen again with our podcast available on our app and at redeyeradioshow.com. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. I want to play just a part of, can't play the entire thing, it's just too long, but uh, uh, Chuck Todd on uh, Meet the Press with Senator Ron Johnson hmm. on, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the uh, investigation uh, into, uh, you know, uh, Hunter Biden and and more but it's where they got into the the Hunter Biden Joe Biden because as we've stated many times before Hunter Biden is simply the conduit I don't care yeah. about Hunter Biden right and I don't think any republican actually cares about Hunter Biden they care about um uh, Joe Biden and we have said that uh the democrat the republicans got to get their story correct they cannot let the left uh, set the premise of the discussion, which Chuck Todd did, and Ron Johnson fell right into it. Mm-hmm. Let's play part of it right here. Right. Here we, here we, here we go. All right. Okay. And then, again, these investigations yeah. they cover Senator, up the truth. Senator, do you have a crime that you think Hunter Biden committed? Because I've yet to see anybody explain it, it is not a crime to make money off your last name. Chuck, you ought to read the Marco Polo report, uh, where they detail all kinds of potential crimes. You know, Senator Grassley. Oh, 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 let me just stop you there. The, potential. Uh, about, this about, is about about about, 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 about potential about, 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 about thirty thousand about thirty thousand dollars. Investigation. I mean, it, Chuck, 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 is it a crime to be uh, soliciting and purchasing uh, prostitution in potentially European? Right there. Right there is where it just yep. look. For God's sakes, you're a damn senator of the United States. If and you did the investigation. If you can't get your damn story straight, don't go on the media. How's this hard? This isn't about Hunter. It's not about Hunter. The question is: Is the current president mm-hmm. compromised? 
And I would have simply said, look, before we get into the specifics here, first off, Chuck, I just let, let's talk about your partisanship. Did you ever say the same thing about Donald Trump with Russia collusion? Right. Donald Trump, everything was made up. They were allegations. There was no evidence. Did you ever once come out and say that they were just allegations and that we should give Trump the benefit of the doubt? Now, next, let's talk about what this is about. Let's talk about the evidence that exists for influence peddling uh, with with the president of the United States. Let's go through and and see what was in the laptop that you all tried to hide from the American public. Right. That we all know the laptop is now completely and totally legit. By the way, do I have anything in front of me that I do any of the investigation like Ron Johnson did? Nope, I've done none of it. This isn't that hard. And so uh, what what we're looking into is the fact that we have the emails where Hunter Biden talks about having to pay his father. We talk about Joe Biden, who lied to the American public and said he knew nothing about his uh, his son's business dealings, when obviously the voicemail shows that he did. And the numerous emails from Hunter Biden saying that. You know, his father knows about it. And the Hunter Biden email telling another family member that I hope you don't have to give 50 percent or whatever it is, whatever the amount is uh, to to Joe uh, Biden. We have a witness. We have uh, sworn witnesses who worked with Hunter Biden, who has said that Joe Biden collected 10 percent. So, yes, these are all potential crimes that we are investigating because of the evidence that actually exists. But it is this. It is the Department of Justice. It is the media who has been hiding this story from the American public, and you are part of it. You are part of it. So I understand that you're a partisan. I understand that you're not a journalist. I understand that you're a political activist, and that's what you do. But Ron Johnson completely, and I know... That the what happened was the 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 rights how terrible of Chuck Todd to do this Chuck Todd is a uh, isn't really a journalist Chuck Todd just wants to argue with him mm-hmm. Chuck well we know that yeah it's a given we know that already you know that going in which is the whole point but it's up to you and and he was on you know uh, Ron Johnson was on with Fox and they were doing the entire thing but nobody talked about the fact that damn it be prepared when you go on with your political enemies. How how are how are you not prepared? You know, in yes. fact, it's the whole point of going on. You think you're yeah. just going to walk on and get get uh, an entire segment to yourself? No, you know what it is, and if you're not prepared for it, then don't go on. No, you and he wasn't prepared at all, and th- that's you know that's a great point. They, Republicans still go on to these shows as if. Oh, we're going to be treated fairly. No, time after time after time after time. You know exactly what's going to be thrown at you. Are you not watching the tape? Are you not watching the tape? You got to prepare for it like you're going up against, you know, uh, your your, uh, uh, whatever team for whatever sport you're playing. Are you not watching tapes? And the thing is, the especially with Chuck Todd, is the fact that we and we talked about this last week where he was going. That you remember where he threw that yep. line in? Mm-hmm. Ron Johnson sort of started. Who did who did throw that line in with last week? Oh, uh, it, it uh, like, uh, uh, Comer, uh, Comer, Comer, Comer. Yes, Comer. Right. Right. He should have been on there. So I saw what you did to Comer last week. 
that you said this and then you didn't give him time to talk. You're that not gonna, sounds personal. Right. Yeah, it sounds personal. You're not going to do with that with me today because this isn't personal. This is about this is about law and this is whatever you need to be because you can. I believe you can throw Chuck Todd. You can make him an emotional nightmare, but you got to be prepared. Yep. You got and Ron Johnson. And it's just it infuriates me. That Republicans, especially somebody like Ron Johnson, who's been a part of the investigation, did such a uh, pee-poor job against Chuck Todd when you can blow him out of the water. Yep. Not that hard. Not that hard at all. And it's just, it's so frustrating when when Republicans haven't done, well, they've got the homework. He knows the homework. He just hasn't sat down and said before an interview, here's the points I got to bring up because here's what I'm going to get hit with. There's no planning. It's as if, oh, we're just going on here and Chuck Todd's going to give me a fair shot here. Yeah, right. It, it's like they are. ask you softball questions. Yeah. This is about a sitting president and the question of whether or he is compromised. Right. This is the whole idea behind influence. This, If it gets to a point of criminality. I'll leave that to prosecutors, and right. if there's anything actionable, I'll leave that to prosecutors. That's not our point. Our point is to discover whether or not the current president is compromised as a matter of influence. And the American people deserve to know that truth. I'm sick. This is not about Hunter. I right. don't. Hunter is not in charge. Hunter is not in the White House. And, and, and I'm so sick of re- Republicans, you know, after stuff like this happens, they go on Fox News. Yeah. I was treated unfairly because no, he I mean, just no, seriously. blow him no, out of no. the water. You that's, can, that's exactly it. You're, you're absolutely right. And and it happened uh, to uh, Giuliani had to do that how many times? Where he had to go yeah. over to, to Fox News on Monday and go, well, you know, I was just, I was just trying to, I was just, you know exactly what you're up against. If you're going to go on, you better, because they are all lightweights. It is personal to Chuck Todd. Yeah, it is. Yep. Because you, he's you, an activist. You can make him an emotional nightmare. You can yes, see you it. Can. You can see it when you're oh, like, no, no, he's getting, you can he's tell and it's getting like, worked up. And, and that use that to your advantage. Because yeah. yep. he's going to start swinging away. Now, by the way, I wouldn't raise my voice if I was arguing with Chuck. I wouldn't raise my voice like I did there. That was just me expressing my frustration. But in the arena of being with Chuck Todd, blow him out of the water. Chuck, yep. you don't know what you're talking about. And you're a political activist because of this, this, this. You never did this. You never did this. Here's what we're looking for. We're looking for was the president compromised? Was the family enriched? And was there a quid pro quo? And, you know, we we look at the, you know, we we and, and then you just go into everything here. When, what we're looking at is what was in the laptop that, by the way, you attempted to hide from your audience that you attempted. You went along with everybody else that was throwing out a bunch of lies, just like you went along with Trump colluded with the Russians to hack or change the outcome of the election when it was a complete lie. And you pushed that for years. So don't you sit here and tell me that you have some type of credibility because, Chuck, you're a political hack. That's what you are. You're a part. You're paid for. You're paid for and taken care of by the Democratic Party. You let him go crazy at that point. Well, I mean, and it's it's really <laughs> simple to do. This isn't that hard. Then they act like they're in shock when yeah. he starts with those questions. Exactly. Then stay away from it. 
don't ever go on again. And the Republicans as a party, you need to decide who your hitters are going to be. Yeah, you do. Don't send someone out to the plate that doesn't know how to swing. Ron Johnson, completely unprepared. Completely unprepared. Should not have happened. Don't do it. Don't do interviews. Find people who can do it if you can't. I mean, you should be able to... Or find another line of work. Yeah, exactly. You should be able to dance around easily someone like Chuck Todd. Yep. Easily. Walk him into his own corner. You can do that repeatedly on his own show. But you, you refuse. You walk in like, oh, it's just going to be a skatewalk. I'll just put out my position. And then if not, I'm going to go on Fox News and complain that I wasn't treated fairly instead of destroying him because he doesn't have the substance or the truth of any of the arguments that he is attempting to throw at you. Right. I mean, honestly, what did you think was going to happen? I'm just sick of this excuse. Well, we're not treated fairly because he's a blue. Well, then, but you can still defeat him. The person, and if you can't defeat him, if you don't believe you have what it takes to defeat him, then don't go on. Right. And the person doing the whining should be Chuck Todd, not you. Yes. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just sick and tired of. I'm sick and tired of weak Republicans that have had yeah. how many years of experience. Yeah. This is very yeah. simple. This has nothing to do with Hunter Biden. Nothing. All to do with is Joe Biden compromised. The influence peddling that enriched his family. The American people deserve the truth. Chuck, we know you don't care about the truth, but we do. And we know that the American people do. Man. Just it it just, you know, that one that one just got to me because it's like, I don't know. You can how many times you have to hit Republicans over the head. That it's. Well, it's before it, they finally go. How oh, many years have they happening. been doing this? <laughs> yeah, Honestly, yep. Chuck Todd, due to the fact that he has no facts on his side, should be scared to death. Should probably be under the impression they should be talking about we can't invite any Republicans on because they will destroy us when, because we can't back up a damn thing. When you start seeing that, then you'll know. Yeah. But he knows he can bring them on because he knows they're not going to be prepared. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Do you like... It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Okay, I'm coming. Now. I'm coming. Right. I'm not. Oh, okay. Maybe I am. Yeah, right. I don't know. I just, I just. It's, well, the thing is, is that. Ron Johnson just not um, being. Senator, I, Ron, Senator Ron Johnson yeah, not being prepared. I, I don't. Uh, I, I just don't understand it. Yeah. Why you would keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again? And by the way, in in my planning, I would not have I would not have actually said on the air you were paid by the Democratic Party because then he would claim no, that's a lie. I would say you're a tool of the Democratic Party. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what he's I'm an activist. Yeah, I, you're an, you're a political activist. It's yep. absolutely clear. You might as well be on the payroll for the Democrats. That's what I that's what I would say. Right. Uh, but I wouldn't say you were paid because then he would say, well, see, you're, you're throwing out false. I'm not paid by it. So you got to make sure that everything that you say, you you sit there and you plan it before you do these interviews. What question might ask, you know, and how am I going to attack him? Sorry, yeah. that's that's the no. game that you're in. That's you know that's the way it goes. that as a political activist, he's not going to be fair with you. Yep. So you simply are on the attack. As soon as he starts, you set the notion. As soon as he starts questioning you, you go, excuse me, you're questioning me? Yeah. Right. You as one of the leaders <laughs> of NBC News who didn't question at all the Hunter Biden story. You, who never questioned Russia collusion, right? When it was completely wrong, and then you find you find you know that here's the thing that you do. You know how Tim Russert, when he was doing Meet the Press, always had tape on you. Yeah. Well, now you have tape on every one of the people that interview you. Yeah. You go through when you right. you have researched people at the Republican Party. All right, I'm going to be on. I'm going to be on with Chuck Todd. What has he said? Give me right. the you, you lay it all out. You have researched people who do it, and you walk in there and you know every false thing that he's ever said. Yep. And you blow his credibility. Yep. And it's easy to right. do. It's easy to it's do. Not that yeah. hard. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Do we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.